coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. A few weeks ago, my husband came to me and said that he wants a divorce, and I'm really struggling with how do I tell our six-year-old. I want you to keep this equation in your mind. A plus B equals me. It's, it's, a, it's a bomb going off inside of her, right? Because everything she knows is going to be different. What up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. I hope you're doing super good. Super good. That's not a dumb. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start over. What up? I hope you're doing great. Hope your life is good. Hope you are navigating the wild economic times and your family's good. And if it's not, that's what we're here for to walk alongside you. And uh, if you want to be on this show, give me a buzz, 1-844-693-3291. The greatest mental health and marriage and parenting podcast in the history of, again, probably not true. <laughs> 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask. Let's get right to it because I may have gotten some feedback that I talked too much. Let's go to Kristen in San Diego. What's up, Kristen? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it is before time began out in California. Thanks for getting up so early with me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you. I have been a fan since day one, and I have listened to every podcast. So right. I make it a priority in life to listen to you. So you are so thank awesome. You for all that you give us. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, what's up? Well, just to jump right in and try to stay level and not get too emotional, but it's your child. So, how do you not? Um, A few weeks ago, my husband came to me and said that he wants a divorce, and I'm really struggling with how do I tell our six-year-old. Oh, six-year-old. Yikes. All across the board. Oh, man. Uh, what happened? Well, you know, I could go far back and, and really have some truth with myself and say, did I ignore some real core values when I picked a spouse? Was I young and looking for the son? And he was fun and he gave me attention. And, you know, you overlook some really, like I said, like the core values because, hey, he makes me feel good. Maybe he's not being as nice to others as he should, but he should be good. Or maybe I don't like the choices that he made with that. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, you make excuses and. But recently... Uh, hey, Kristen, just, talk, talk directly into yeah. your phone for me. Okay, can you hear me? Ah, much better, much better. Okay. Recently, he's became real disconnected. He would lay on the couch all day, um, watch TV, not interact with us. And um, we've never had the relationship where we can effectively discuss problems. It's always like a shutdown. It's kind of... He doesn't want to talk about it, and I kind of have to work on eggshells and conform to his values and his wants. And, and you know, I can I can go back, and, and I think it's so new that I'm still really evaluating the relationship and all the, the things that went wrong. And I think overall, I think I, I did choose a poor spouse, and he loves her. He just, hold on, hold on. Kristen, we, yeah. we can choose, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't think the emphasis is so much on choice as much as two adults acting like adults and choosing as we go to be in good relationship with one another. And it sounds like choice or not, you made the choice and he has chosen over time and uh, you may or may not have participated in it, but if chosen to 
not invest in this relationship. Is that is that fair? Very fair. Okay. And so is he seeing somebody else? Is he cheating on you? Is he saying like, or, or I mean, doesn't, I guess he's saying, I don't, I'm not going to cheat on you anymore because I don't want to be married to you anymore. Why is he deciding now to leave? I think he's a very negative person. I think he makes rash decisions. Mm-hmm. I think he has like grandiose ideas. He may have some depression. <sighs> I don't fully know. Um, he's always made me feel kind of disposable. Okay. And um, I'm not extremely shocked. Okay. Is there a, a tiny part of you that is kind of like, yes? Or That's is it a big peace? Part of me, John. Okay. A big part. Okay. All right. Good. Um, it's kind of like someone put, like opened up the shades and I'm just like, Kristen, what have you been doing all these years? And go. I'm just like feeling some freedom and okay. like, okay, I need help with myself. Why I let the relationship navigate the way it did. And that's, you know, things that I'll need to work on. Okay. And I just can't, my whole concern is for my daughter, but for myself, selfishly, like I'm excited. Okay. That, that I mean, that's, um, that's good to know because that directs how, how we're going to talk to her. Um, so you have one six-year-old. Is he the father of her? Uh, we actually adopted her from birth. We were in the delivery room. So yes, she is all, we are all she knows. Okay. Um, and you only have one? Yes. Okay. So when you're talking about a six-year-old, I want you to keep this equation in your mind. A plus B equals me. Okay. okay. And I got that from an extraordinary child psychologist and it stuck with me. It's just a, re- a an important reminder. Here's what that means. How mom feels and how dad feels doesn't really matter. All the reasons why are not going to compute with a six-year-old. Uh, I had one friend who's a, a, um, a child psychologist who said she remembers very clearly when she was 10 and her parents told her we were getting divorced and her first question was, can we still go to Arby's? Okay. And so it's going to be very concrete at the same time her body's, it's, it's, a, it's a bomb going off inside of her, right? Because everything she knows is going to be different. Even though we sometimes use bombs to get rid of old buildings, right? And to excavate sites. Doesn't mean that over time, this isn't going to be the best thing and the right thing. Your, your response saying, um, I'm married to someone who treats me less than, who has stepped out of this marriage a long time ago, who makes, it makes us all feel, right? So it's going to be a good thing over time, um, but it's going to be an explosive moment, okay? So mm-hmm. don't be surprised if everything is, the questions that come are about her, that's developmentally appropriate, it should be. If you were having this conversation with a 17-year-old, it's a totally different track, okay? Um Here's the two things she's going to want to know. What did she do to make this happen? And is she going to be safe, meaning what happens next? Okay. Okay. So um, here's a couple of rules of thumb. One to two minutes per year. So this conversation, this first one will be 10 to 12 minutes and that's about it. Okay. Okay. Not a lot of explanations, not a lot of, oh, this is and that's and, and, and then mommy, none of that. Um, it will be quick. And if you can, uh, you've heard me say this a lot. Um, kids, uh, we all do, but kids especially absorb power differentials. So if you can get down on her level, look her in the eyes. Okay. 
This works way, way, way better if your husband acts like an, a mature adult and will be in there with you. Is that possible? Yes, he will. He will? Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah, he, he is with her. He really expresses his love and he does for her. So I know that we'll do it together. The conversations we've had is he's been involved. He's having ideas how to tell her. So Okay. Um, so we're going to sit down together on the floor with her. Okay. And we're going to let her know this is a very serious mom and dad conversation. And the conversation will start with mom and daddy love you. We will always love you. And mom and daddy will never leave you. And, um, and mommy and daddy have made a grown up decision that we are going to get divorced. So we are taking full, even if you're thinking inside, actually, I don't want to be getting divorced now. We are going to take full ownership of this thing and begin planting seeds now. They're going to bloom 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. That This is not her fault, okay? So okay. we're, we're going to plant those seeds now. Mommy and daddy made a grown-up decision, and we are, gonna, we are going to get divorced. So that means you're going to spend one week at mommy's house, and you're going to spend one week at daddy's house. And then here's what I'm talking about, the concrete. You're going to have a toothbrush at mommy's house, and you're going to have a toothbrush at daddy's house. And you're going to have friends at mom's house and friends at daddy's house. And if you know the information, like you're going to stay in this school and you're going to, we're still going to have morning breakfast on Thursdays or whatever the thing is, some really concrete, really quick things. Okay. And then check in okay. with her. How does this feel in your body? How does this feel? Tell me the words that are coming to your heart. She may talk a lot. Well, are we still going to have Christmas? She may ask something like that. She will probably ask why. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense to a kid that why would adults voluntarily choose misery, right? Why would you voluntarily choose to have to split up everything and move all that, right? So it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's okay. The answer is to why is this is not your fault and we both really love you and we will never leave you. Okay. We're not going to get into, with a six-year-old, we're not going to get into, well, daddy has been this and mom, we are made, we right. made a grown-up decision that this is best for us, okay? And just know that any of your explanations are not going to register with a six-year-old outside of we're making adult decisions, okay? Okay. Um, here's another hard one. And this is a conversation you can have with him and you can tell him I said this directly to your husband. Uh, my friend, Dr. Steve Jennings, um, he's, he works, he's an, he's an expert working with men, um, but he's worked with families for years. Here's what he tells his clients. And I love it. He says, I tell a client that right before you're about to say something negative about your spouse, who you just got divorced with, I want you to find your kid and I want you to punch him in the stomach as hard as you can. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then go ahead and tell them what you're going to tell them about their dad or about their mom. That's the level of violence, both physiologically and cognitive, a kid absorbs when they hear that dad is the worst or your dad's doing this or mom just kicked me out or I don't, right? Here's why. And you've heard me say this before on the show and I'll say it again. Kids know that half of me is him and half of me is her. And when we tell them, and especially in an adoptive situation, we opted into this, right? And so this kid's gonna have even more, wait, right? So this is going to be a dicey situation for a while with this youngster. 
They need to know, I'm not talking bad about dad, even though you might think he is the biggest scumbag ever, or he's going to have, he's going to pop up in two weeks with some new girlfriend or whatever, and you're going to think, I knew it. That can't filter to her. That's got to be you with your adult friends, your adult counselors, your adult grownups in your life who are walking light, doing life with you. Is that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, ha- your husband cannot, cannot. Um, avoid a hard conversation with her at the expense of you. And what I mean by that is he cannot say, well, your mom just, man, she was tough to be married to, so I had to go. No, he has to take ownership of his actions. I told your mother that I no longer want to be married to her. But even though I'm not your mom's husband, I will always be your daddy. Okay? And we're going to always loop back. After that 10 or, 10 or 12, 15-minute talk, um, we're going to, one or two of y'all are going to take her somewhere. Because now she's going to want to test it. Because y'all said y'all were going to stay together forever and y'all are breaking up. But you're telling me you're going to love me forever. Mm, maybe. Right? And now, right. The, now, now the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years of testing begins. Can I push you far enough that you're going to actually walk away from me too? And the answer to that has to be no both of you, right? Okay. Um, so that means after that, we're going to go to ice cream, get ice cream. We're going to go to the park. Um, Daddy's going to take you to go get a hamburger and we're going to go do something. We're not just going to drop that bomb in 12 minutes and then walk out and leave the six-year-old in her room by herself. All right. She's going to, and we're not going to talk a lot about it in the car either. We'll answer all of her questions age appropriately, but we're not going to bring it up. We're not going to go over. We're not going to go over. Um, we're going to show her love by connection and attention. We're going to put our phones away and we are just going to go sit at a table. And in fact, hang on the line. I'm going to send you all of the questions for humans cards I have for kids and parents and teens and, and kids, all of those. Um, and that'll give you something you can do while you're out getting ice cream together or something. Okay. That was going to be my next question is if you had any resources or advice on something to read. So I just thank yes, you so much um, for that. Actually, I'm going to do this. This is a strange thing. Hold on. I'm pulling up um, something I never do, um, but I'm pulling my phone out here. My, my friend, Dr. Jennings, sent me these two books. Um, one is called My Two Homes by okay. um, Alejandro Pozo Stevenson. Um, it's called My Two Homes. And there's another book called Two Homes Filled with Love by Steve Herman. And she recommended this, um, those two books as great resources. I'll link to them in the show notes. I've never read them. I've never opened them, but she has this conversation all the time. And she says they are excellent books just to read to, especially to a six-year-old, right? Oh, okay. Um, and we'll link to them in the show notes and you can just pick them up on Amazon. Um, great. And, uh, but it, I, I think having some direct connecting, connection time. And here's one last final thing. It is okay to tell her that I'm very, very sad. And daddy's very, very sad. It's okay to say we had expected to be married forever and we've made grown-up decisions to not be married forever, not be married anymore. But your daughter's going to feel very, very sad. Mainly because she doesn't understand, mainly because she's all the abandonment, all the stuff, right? Um... And if she knows mom feels sad and dad feels sad, then she's going to feel not crazy. And so you being honest about how you feel when it comes to grief 
um, is going to be important. And by the way, my guess is y'all's marriage has been a mess for a while. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I just kind of hit a lot of it and made the best of it. And I think I was honest with myself about a year ago when I said, this is not who I would choose. This isn't the relationship I would choose. And knowing his inability to even have productive conversations, he would never work on it. Um, so I kind of knew, you know, this is the situation I'm in and I'm going to write it out for my daughter. And I'm almost thankful that he, that he did the hard thing and, and decided, you know, came to me and said, no, like this marriage is over. To rip the band off. Now, now, make no mistake. I, I have yet to see any sort of data or research that would suggest that had you sat with him and said, Hey, we are intentionally choosing a life of misery together. Let's intentionally choose something else. And that means, um, we're gonna have to learn new skills. Right. And he said, you're right. I'm, I'm done choosing misery, choosing immaturity. So I'm going to choose maturity which doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly become a great communicator overnight, but that means I'm going to commit to learning how to be like that arc would have been much better for everybody, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. It didn't happen. So now we're dealing with reality and your husband says he's walking out on y'all. And so you can breathe for the first time in a long time. There will be healing in the house, in the home. There'll be healing in your daughter's heart. No question about it. Um, you and your husband are going to have to choose. And maybe this is the conversation you have with him. You and I have both chosen over the last six, seven, eight, nine years, however long we've been married, to not communicate well. We have chosen to be distant from one another. We cannot do that moving forward with our child. We're going to have to choose to talk. We're going to have to choose to be open with one another. When I say I don't want her dating and you say I do want her dating, we're going to have to sit down like adults and have that conversation and not just fire texts off back at each other. Right? You see what I'm saying? You're going to have to have a level of intentionality with your divorced relationship than you did with your married relationship, right? Which sounds crazy because we could have just done this five years ago. We didn't. So here we are. Okay. To all you listening um, to this, Hear where this goes, right? Hear where this goes. To the men listening to this or watching this, don't choose misery. And that doesn't mean leave. That means sit down across the table or sit down on a couch next to the person you said you love, that you said you're going to love forever, that you either made kids with, made humans with, or you adopted, you created, you created a family unit Say, I'm done choosing misery. Will you be done choosing misery too? Can we choose something way better than this? And I'm going to have to learn some new skills. You're going to have to learn some new skills. Would you learn those with me? I promise I'll go first. And wives, you, you hear the end here. A woman who said, I wouldn't have picked him. And now I'm just going to cash out the rest of my life. I'm just going to crawl under this blanket and just stay here till this thing's over. You get one shot. You get one tiny little life. Don't live like that. The institution of marriage just gets a bad rap. And the is- <sighs> If you will put the work in and the work is hard, it is hard, it is hard, and it's new and it's shameful and it's embarrassing. And it's all that's frustrating. It's all those things. But I promise you compulsive spenders and you're married to somebody who's like, why do you keep running us into the ground financially? 
compulsive cheaters, why, what is it about you that you think you're going to find out there? Compulsive, just sitting on the couch, grabbing five beers after work and just saying, I'm out, I'm out. Why? Why choose that life? Choose something different. And if you're married, choose to do it together. Choose to do it together. These kids, they need us. We'll be right back. It seems like everybody's talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right. Hey, we are back. Um, just a minute ago, somebody reached out to me on the internets, on Instagram, and asked if I would send, if she asked me if I'd send her husband uh, to slide into his DMs and wish him a happy 30th birthday. And I was like, eh, that's, that's how the kids do it these days. I'll just call him like an old man. And so uh, she said, no way. So she gave me a cell number. Let's call him. Hello. Hey, Josh. Hey. This is John Deloney from the John Deloney Show. What are you doing? Dude, is this for real? No, man, you're having a really weird dream right now. What are you doing? Where are you? <laughs> we are at Opry Mills right now. Right down the street from us. Yeah, we, exactly. Are oh, you just, my God. Are you just hanging out in Nashville? Uh, Yeah, we, we, we were up here for the day uh, just... Just to hang out. My wife's throwing a party for us uh, tonight or for, for me. And it's, uh, man, she's, yeah, she's going all out for me today. She, hey, she's went all out. She paid me $10,000 to call you just now. Just kidding. Oh, she, didn't it, did, she didn't at all. <laughs> she didn't at all. Hey, man, happy 30th birthday, brother. Hey, thank you so much, man. And thanks for being on our, our weird little gang here uh oh man I'm, uh, on our show man i love it oh yeah man i, I appreciate all you've done hey well i'll be here all day and i've got another radio show after this if you want to come down to Nash, come down to the, to the studios and see us that'd be great man oh dude I, I might take you up on that what else are you doing today i'm not just kidding anything. your wife's plan is cool birthday <laughs> hey man happy birthday uh stay in school don't do drugs all that stuff is that cool okay yeah absolutely all right brother hey take care Make good choices today. Um, all right. There we go. Way to, way to go, Josh. Happy birthday. All right. Let's go to um, – well, let's just stay here. Let's go to AJ in uh, Nashville. What's up, AJ? Hey. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You got it, brother. What's up? Um, I wrote my question down so I didn't, uh, you know, blabber on too much. So uh, I should I do that. Robotic, that's why. I should do <laughs> – I should start writing my – yes. Okay, good job. Down. <laughs> yes. All right. What's up? 
All right. Um, so I have a question about getting married and before I get married, how, uh, I can best prepare myself for the relationship with my girlfriend's younger sister. So it's a really long story. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say this, this sounds Jerry Springery. Has- no, <laughs> no, not, not quite that bad. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. All um, right. So what, uh, take me to it. So sh- long story short, she has custody of her teenage sister. Okay. Um, and I'm 25 and, uh, her younger sister is about to turn 16. So there's not a huge gap between us. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of, how old is your fiance? She's about to turn 30. Okay. Um, and so are, are her parents just out of the picture? Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Her dad's around, but he is not uh, eligible for custody, I guess, is the way to put that. Wow. He's, he's got, he's a mess, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole mess. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me what your concerns are. Um, I guess just uh, setting proper boundaries between, like, friendship and also being able to support my girlfriend and like decision-making with, uh, how to help in her sister's life. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when are you actually getting married? So that's a thing. I actually haven't proposed to her yet. So I got myself on a little timer here before this episode comes out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, that's that's coming up. That's All right, next. Listen, here's what would be great: the moment this episode drops, have her be here at the studio, and you can propose here, and then we'll just do the wedding here too. Okay, all in one day. And then you we'll can be like, by the out. way, on the way home, we need to listen to this episode that just dropped today. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll I'll have to I'll have to look into my plans and see if that's uh, better than what I already have going on. Was, will she? That might be better. Dang, this man, this. I don't know. I got, that's like my prom date when I asked her to prom. She's like, I don't know. Let me see if there's some other other people that might be better than you. Uh, I'll, I'll I don't know. Back. I don't know if you can tell from the how early I'm asking this question. I'm a little bit of a planner in that way. Yeah, you're a little bit overdramatic. So he, here's here's what I would tell you. Um, don't overthink this, and don't underthink this. No, let me say it this way: Don't overthink this, and don't underplan this. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. And I, I hopefully I just made your, your planner, little planner heart. So happy. (laughs) So happy. Um, you and your new, when you, when you get engaged, y'all sit down and establish the boundaries of your new home together. Okay. Here's who we are going to be as a couple. Sister goes to the side for just a moment. Here's who we are going to be. We're going to be people of hospitality. We're going to be people of character. We're going to borrow money. We're not going to borrow money. We are going to both work. We're bo- all those questions, right? Set mm-hmm. up your home. In fact, I recommend uh, premarital counseling. I think it's wise, wise, wise just to get with somebody who's going to help you answer questions that you don't even know to be asking yet, okay? So okay. we're going to set up the boundaries of our home and then we're going to look at the inhabitants of our home. And this is a common mistake parents with just uh, biological kids make. They factor who we're going to be based on the kids and then the kids end up being the center of the home. Okay. So the second one is you are not this young woman's dad, 
right? Right, right. And you can yeah. never become a pseudo dad. And you might be the first stable, mature male adult this young woman has ever, ever met. And so you'll have a modeling responsibility. You'll have accountability responsibility, right? But you're not dad. See the difference there? Right, yes. And I think with a 16-year-old, I would put that out right in the open. I will not your dad. I will never be your dad. But I'm 10 years ahead of you in this crazy life adventure, and I got some wisdom, and I will take care of you, and I will honor you, and I will be there as, as whenever you need, however you need. And here's the rules of this home. Here's who we are, okay? And it's much easier to have a conversation beginning with here's who we are, not here's what we're not going to do, okay? So here's okay. a good example of that with a 16-year-old. You can sit down and say, hey, we're getting married. You haven't before, but you got a midnight curfew now. You can start there and you might as well just declare war, right? Or you can say, hey, in this home, a a cornerstone of this family, this new family is we're going to honor our bodies. We're going to be good stewards of our bodies. And that means we're going to eat at home more than we eat out. We are going to go for walks as, as a gang. We'd love to invite you. Um, and we, we get sleep. We value sleep here. That's just who we are. And you got two years before you can leave if you want to. Um, but while you're here, this is how we do this. And we're going to model this. Okay. You see the difference there? One is, one is an invitation and one is a demand. And ultimately as a parent, you always will get to demands at some point, but it's so much better to start with an invitation. Okay. Um, and then I think you set up relationship way upstream. What I mean by that is to talk to your wife, your soon-to-be new wife or your fiancé when she comes your fiancé and have things like uh, I challenge you to a video game once a week or we have breakfast out on the front porch just you and her once a week or uh, I'm going to develop relationship way upstream so that when I do have to have accountability conversations in our home, um, there's a context to them. We, we actually do that now. I, once a month, we have like a me and her hang out. Like I take her to wherever. I'm like, hey, do you want to do something fun? Or, you know, uh, if my girlfriend's off that weekend, she does it with us. But if not, we, we keep our plans going and we'll, we'll go to a waterfall or, you know, we go to a library or have plans together. And I like just kind of model, try not, I mean, model sounds weird, but I just want to be around her and like a, a positive influence way. Cause I like love that. She said she hasn't had that really. You are modeling stability. Okay. But I also, also know how deep this modeling goes. It's you picking up a piece of trash as you walk across a parking lot. It's you tipping really, really well, even when the service wasn't great. And you tell your, um, this young woman, um, I'm going to honor this woman with a, with a great tip. And you show up when you say you're going to show up, right? You see what I'm saying? Like she's absorbing everything because she's got a, 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 a part of her brain that is searching for when you're going to leave to. Because that's all oh, she wow. knows is at some point the, the men in her life pack up and leave or they go bananas. And the court says, we're stepping in because you're not safe together. And so you're modeling all the time, which I think is beautiful and great. 
once you this, y'all become a family, once y'all move in together and this becomes a, a family unit here, um, make that once a week. And it can okay. be as simple as, um, I, I, this is how lame I am. I take my own questions for humans cards. I did it this morning. Once a week, my son and I go to a uh, waffle house and we have breakfast together and we ask questions this morning. We had a long discussion about what do we want etched on our tombstone? That's one of the questions in a million years. I would not have gotten there with my, with my 12 year old son. Okay. But it's once a week. It's a context. We talk about our gratitudes. We have little journals that I take with us. And so it's become more of a formal thing. And it is a little eye rolly. It's so early. I know. And then when we get there, it's incredible. And I learn more about him um, doing those things. So hang on the line. I'm going to send you all the questions for humans I got. Okay. The whole, the whole gamut. And you can pick and choose which ones of those you think would be great. There's parents and teens. There are friends. There's any number of them would work for this context. Okay. Um, Thank you. That's awesome. But I think having some sort of tool, this is just a thing we do together. We have breakfast once a week. And I think that would be really great. Yeah, that would be awesome because as much as I try to like connect and be around her. She's into much different things than I am. Of course. Enough. Yes. Well, and that's a good thing, <laughs> um, right? And, and you're not yeah, coming yeah. in to shapeshift any of that stuff, but you are no, coming no. in to say, here's what stability looks like. And right. there's not a thing you can do that's going to push um, me and or your sister away. Right. right. And it may be a conversation. No, no, not maybe. It needs to be a conversation that you have with your f- soon to be fiance about college planning, about job training, about grades, those, all those expectations as a 25 year old, you're getting launched into it, not in a parent role, but in a supportive adult role. And it's just going to be awkward and weird and challenging for the next few years. I do think any sort of discipline um, is best done in partnership, but with your going to be wife taking the lead on that because she's got the long-term relationship she's got custody all that kind of stuff maybe down the road you just you and your wife have a conversation about you adopting this young woman all, all those things are possible but i think heading into it is i'm not your dad and i'm not going anywhere right and i applaud you brother i applaud you for already um inviting this young woman into your life in a in an organic way in a compassionate way in a I'm going to be stable, and I'm going to show you what that looks like. That's awesome, AJ. Thank you for uh, loving her. And, dude, come down here, do your proposal. Just be fun. It'll be awesome. Hey, we'll be right back. All right, let's take Inumas. Let's go out to Columbus, Ohio, and talk to Arlington. What's up, Arlington? Hey, how much, dude? How are you? Good. Hey, what's your nickname? What do people call you? I call me Arlie. Arlie. Dude, I like that. Very cool. Okay. My parents nailed it, yeah. All right, so what's up, man? Hey, um, yeah, so I'm kind of looking for some advice. Um, my wife uh, does a very good job of beating herself up, and I sometimes don't know what to do in the realm of maybe helping her get out of her head, and I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. Um, I think part of it comes down to I've always been pretty good at being like a, someone that people can come to when life's getting rough. Um, I just for some reason I can't get through that's the wrong way to word it, but I can't get to my wife. The question I, I wrote down is, is how can I help my wife um, when she gets stuck in her own head? Does she have mental health diagnostics? Um, so this past year, uh, so she is a 
previously has been hospitalized back when probably 20 years ago um, for anorexia. Um, And a lot of this stems from body image issues. And more recently, we've been in the trying to get um, hormones balanced, came off of hormonal birth control, um, trying to get hormones balanced. And that has just kind of thrown a world of unknown at her Mm -hmm. that she maybe just doesn't have the tools to kind of handle on her own. Say more about that. Are you saying that as you're rebalancing hormones, like going through hormonal rebalance is madness, right? The way I've heard it described is you feel insane because your head doesn't, your body's feelings don't match what's going on in your head. And it's just, it's, it's out of, it's, it's madness, right? And you're trying to then just show up at work and be, you know, kind and approachable. And it's just insane, right? It feels insane. Absolutely. Um, are y'all trying to get pregnant? Um, in, in the near future, it's nothing that like we're stressed out about right now, but it's definitely something down the road where we, we want some kids. Um, what made you want to, what made her want to go get her hormones checked and rebalanced? Um, I honestly, I think it was just, uh, she was kind of done with being on birth control, um, and kind of wanted to have the feeling of being a, a woman who has sustainable hormones that are produced by her own body and things like, things like that. Okay. Yeah, and it's um I mean her and I are very very different. Um like I'm I'm always quite optimistic about things and uh, a lot of hers is a negative uh self-talk and um things like that. And I I I I almost after I made this call last week was pretty tough. Um this week seems to be a lot better and it kind of just yo-yos like that. Um What is like what does pretty start. tough mean? Is she suicidal? No, so I, I took a little leaf out of your own book and just asked her straight up because I was I was to the point where I didn't know. I was like, "Hey, man, like, are you going to kill yourself?" And she's like, "No, I just don't know what's going on." Okay. Um, and so, not not that far, but just kind of grasping at straws and not really holding on to anything is where we're at. Okay, um, this situation is more concerning than a traditional. Someone's just talking to themselves badly. Okay. Okay. So the way I look at these generally is I'm looking at a trend line. Yep. And this, there's a person here with a history of disordered eating, which tells me there's a history of some sort of anxiety, OCD, some sort of control, which may mean there's a history of some sort of abuse or neglect. Am, am I onto something there? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I've dug far enough into the abuse or neglect, but everything okay. else is spot on for sure. Okay. So, um, you deal, it, it sounds like somebody who has really been working on the symptoms, but has a, a body that is trying to keep her alive. Yeah. A body yeah. that thinks that it's at war with its environment, which ultimately becomes a war with itself. And whenever I've got a person who I care about and I love and their bodies at war with themselves, eventually the fighting gets so exhausting and I don't want to die. I don't want to do drugs, but I need this to stop. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And when I, I, it's like a, a, someone on a skateboarder on a sidewalk, I'm looking at a trend and just the few things you've mentioned to me, tell them, I don't like the direction of this trend. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, it's, it's, I'd say pretty nail on the head. Um, so her and I met at work. Um, she, it was a 
pretty bad work environment for her. So she stepped away and now does baking out of her house. And it's kind of become a little bit of isolation to where... It's a, uh, it's a ton of isolation. Super lonely, yes. right? Yes. Um, yeah. And so she has done some stuff recently. And they, like she is like foot on the gas going, like working for it. Because she also realizes that like she doesn't love the trajectory that she's going. Okay. Um, I'd say it's more of like the rolling the ball uphill. Yep. And it kind of coming back on top of her time after time. That's exactly uh, right. Situation. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, so I want you to keep this in mind and then I'll give you a, a, a strategy that I would use if I was in your exact seat. Okay. Okay. I want you to, from this point forward, I want you to think of being with not fixing. That's, that's been a shift that I've really tried to do. Yes, you can't fix her. Yes. What you can do is help create an environment to where she can heal with the work that she's going to do. Okay. The creation of that environment for most of us is a set of skills we don't have. Occasionally okay. people have that and it's amazing. I didn't have it. I had to go learn it. Okay. okay. And so a great gift would be, I want to be the greatest husband to you and I want to love and support you. Would you be willing to go to marriage counseling with me so that I can learn some new tools to love and support you? Okay. And this is you not trying to fix her. This is you inviting her into your skill development. Okay. Okay. This is about yep. you. Yes. And it's not that you're so crazy. I don't even know what to do anymore. It's not that at all. It's how long have y'all been married? Uh, about just over two years. Okay. So we're two years in. As we think about having a family, as we think about all, it's going to be a broad, this knucklehead on this podcast is always telling us, hey, we get to paint a picture of where we want to go. And then we get to live into this picture. Would you be willing to go? I'm just a terrible painter. Would you be willing to go with me and learn how to paint? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And um, she is going to take this, my guess is, as an anxious person, as a person who's scanning her environment 24-7 for threats, she's going to take this as, my husband's going to leave me. Or yeah. she's going to take this as, I'm causing my husband to go crazy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're going to have to speak to her in the way that you know her, she's your wife, in, in ways that she can hear you, that, no, 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 this is about me. I want to go, I want to go learn some new stuff. Okay. Okay. When it comes, you can draw boundaries in a home. And my wife did this for me. So I don't, this isn't for everybody. And I can see a way where this might be shameful. So you're going to have to know your wife. And it may be something you, you talk over with your counselor. But my wife said, I will no longer tolerate anybody talking to my husband in negative, ugly ways. And that starts with you. And that's how she couched it. It wasn't, hey, you need to fix your negative self-talk. It is, I'm not going to allow somebody to talk to my husband like this. Okay. Right? And so you can yep. set up boundaries and say, I love you too much to let anybody talk negatively about you. Call okay. you unattractive. Call you overweight. Call you crazy. Call you whatever. I'm asking you to not talk to my wife that way. Okay. Okay? And it might be one of yep. those things that you call it out. My wife can just, she's got to look. Very, very, very similar to Kelly, except way less mean. And she'll, she can look at me and I'll know like, oh yeah, I just did that thing. 
right? Um, yep. And so that can be a way to lean into that. But it's a, again, it's a, it's you owning the boundary. It's not her fixing a problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yep. Um, are her, is her family involved or are they part of the problem? Um, I'm going to say a little bit of both. Uh, I'd say <laughs> they, uh, it usually is, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, they are the most loving, uh, loving parents. They are awesome. Um, but I think a lot of times her, her mom has a lot of anxieties as well. Okay. Um, and I can see that kind of not stirring the pot, but not always being the most helpful. But I, don't, I would also say that her mom a lot of times is the most helpful um, because she knows how to talk to her sometimes a lot better than I do. Um, well, or she knows how to push her buttons a lot better than you do. In some ways, yes, we will. Yes. Um, she needs, th- there's going to come a moment when that relationship's going to have to be minimized in a dramatic fashion. Okay. Um, that's probably best done by a counselor, unless you find yourself between your wife and her mother, who's both the curse and has made herself the blessing, too. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard place to find yourself. You may have to get there at some point. My hope would be that a counselor could point out some of those behaviors and which mm-hmm. relationships are feeding and nourishing her. I'd also recommend y'all start inviting people over to your house. Just go first okay. and be weird about it and be vulnerable about it and just say, hey, we're going to have three people over. Let's just make a commitment to twice a month. Let's have people over. Even though we can't afford it, they can all bring, we'll have cereal night, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. We'll do whatever. We'll get, have game night. We'll do something, but we need to inject people back into our lives because yeah, that this working from home thing, um, I get it. I can imagine it being wonderful and I can also, it, it's destroying people when it comes to loneliness. For sure, 100%. Absolutely destroying people. So, um, or if she wants to, y'all want to look at her going back to an office somewhere else. Um, but my guess is, She's going to have to do the work to heal the trauma that's going to allow her body to stop just raining those alarms down on her 24-7 so that she can sleep and finally be at peace so yeah. that her hormone regulation and all these other things that we're trying to fix on the periphery here, and hormone regulation is actually on the periphery. That's, I mean, you get some hormones lined up and you're talking about life change, right? But sometimes yeah. getting there is... is Um, and that's both for men and women. It's just tough, but we need to get that body, her body to have peace. Right. Absolutely. And that's going to start with relationships and sit down and talk to somebody. Is she seeing a counselor right now? She is. Yeah. Uh, how's that going? We bounce around to a couple. Um, I don't know how much of it is. Um, it's her. Yeah. It's her. Yeah. And my guess is every work environment's always toxic. And okay. you may be the one guy who's gotten through. Is that fair? Yeah. My guess is every relationship at some point turns to come after her is the way she feels. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that, am I right? Yeah. At some point, she's going to have to look in the mirror and absorb she's the common denominator in all of those messy relationships. Okay. And that is both a scary and daunting um, realization. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. I hate that for y'all. Am, am I? I mean, yeah. is there ever a time that she's like this person, and you and you think, I mean, come on. Um, as far as like going like full bore, like I can't believe this person did this thing. Y- yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Or if you find yourself in fights, you're like, yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, I mean, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So at some point, we're going to have to make peace. She's got to make peace with maybe my body's reacting to people in ways that is not consistent with reality. And I'm going to have to okay. relearn how to have peace in my life so that I can re-enter relationship with people so that I could actually be well. Right. And that's when I tell you about that trend line, man, I just don't like the trajectory here because the, this trend spins, the, the top spins faster and faster and faster, and it gets more tangled up and more complicated to unwind. Right. From a, uh, so I work at a, I work at a gym. Um, and I mean, that's where we met. And so a lot of the, and again, you, you may be able to speak more into this. Um, the body image stuff seems to be quite heightened. Mm -hmm. Um, at the gym just because of the like external looks that people are trying to give themselves. Sure. Um, I'm, is that something that's worth like from my end worth trying to move myself out of, you qu uh, quit your job. That, what's that? Like just quit your job. Uh, I mean, in a, in a responsible, like move on so we can both get out of that. Absolutely. Environment. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Envir I mean, I uh, ultimately, those alarms are our body's response to our environment. Okay. And when our our bodies are detecting threats in an environment that aren't there, then we're then the the alarm needs some tuning, right? Yeah. Um, but if I keep throwing myself back in a toxic environment that I know is not good for any of us, then yeah. Okay. Um, I, I get it. I'm, I'm in that like like you said. I, I know I can't fix, but I might be able to support. And so I'm in between that, um, with me continuing down that line, kind of help lead to the environment that becomes toxic. Um, yeah, I mean, here, here's a better way to, to, to frame it. Um, my wife is equally a part of this job because now people take pictures of us at restaurants. Okay. And people send me direct messages about my wife. Right. Okay. And by the way, if people do that, I just block you instantly. I just, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, only yeah. my closest friends can make fun of my wife. Right. So yeah. I, I, she's a part of this. And at any yeah. moment, if she said, I'm out, I cannot be a part of this, then I would be out. Yep. And that's yep. a choice I've made. And that's super countercultural because the culture, the culture is like, no, you, you do you. And if she can't hang, then I'm not doing that. She's my priority, right? right? Correct. Yeah. And so there, there, there's like, I can't imagine being 80 and being like, oh, I'm so glad I remained a TikTok sensation over that dumb marriage I had for two. That just seems insane, right? I agree. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, if you were put on earth to help people with their physical fitness, that's, that's a conversation. I believe that my role here is to help people be a little better off than they were before they met me. I can, right. And I can do that at McDonald's and I can do that on a YouTube show. Yes. And that's also why my boss interviewed me for 18 months. And my wife came on a, a lot of those interviews too, because it was, I need you to f have a full picture of what you're taking on here. Yeah. Right. So there was, that's part of it. But so it's less about, I don't want you to get in a tail chasing game where you're trying to figure out what's the next thing you could do to make this, maybe Correct. help this. Cause dude, then you're going to be in a mess. Right. But you can say, there's an overall toxicity to our home um, 
because of the work I do, because of the schedule I keep, because uh, I've got to be on my phone 24-7 saying yes to clients and somebody canceled, I got to find another client because um, I had these dreams of making seven figures as a personal trainer and I'm making $41,000 a year. I, all the, those are the contributing factors here, right? Um, if my wife ever came to me and said, you're not allowed to ever help another person ever again. Well, that'd be a different conversation, but also she would be my wife at this point because that, that would be madness, right? We would have had that conversation a long time ago. But she can tell me, hey, I need you to quit running around in the middle of the night um, dealing with people who've passed away because it's, it's impacting the way you treat the kids. That's very fair. That, in fact, that's her, that's her role in my life and vice versa. And so, yeah, I mean, if you can change the context, I'm all for that. Don't do it thinking that that's going to be the Hail Mary pass that's going to heal your wife it won't be, but it might take some of the toxicity out of the environment. And for you to even be asking that question says, A, you're a really attuned, caring husband and B, makes me think you want out anyway, right? So good for you, good for you. But um, she needs to go see a, a counselor or a psychologist and y'all need to stick with that for a season. Um, we're gonna commit to seven sessions. We're gonna commit to 10 sessions with this one person. And we're going to ride out the relationship. And so when it gets uncomfortable, we're going to go through the discomfort and stay in the relationship. We're not going to run from it because we run from every uncomfortable relationship. And by the way, Arlie, don't be surprised at some point, this I'm, I'm disconnecting from this relationship gets aimed at you, okay? And you're going to have to decide I'm going to ride the rough, rough waters. Um, she needs to go see somebody and be consistent. And I would love to see you um, say, hey, I want to learn something new and I want you to come with me. It's awesome. She's lucky to have you, Arlie. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, um, man, whenever I need some, some poetic thinking through of an issue, one of the places I go is the Avid Brothers. I think they are some of the greatest poets of our time. Um, and Kelly found this one. Was it Kelly that found this one? It's a beautiful song, man. So uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. Stay with me on this one. It's called the Divorce Separation Blues. I'm going to keep on living even though I sometimes do fantasize about disappearing down in the ocean blue just to get some peace and quiet from the warfare inside my heart. Well, I've been under ear-splitting fire ever since we've been apart. I'm going to wash the dishes, pay the bills, watch the news. I got the tough education, there's no celebration. I got the divorce separation blues. I'ma keep on waking and rising up before the sun and lying in the dark wide awake when everyone else is done and sleeping in their beds so peaceful, dreaming with the love they chose. And I'll sign on the line beneath my name, the road is gone, I can't go back the way we came. Well, neither one of us really wanna hit the town. We try to keep our friends at bay, to try to keep the gossip down. And some folks just want the dirt and don't even care if it's true. And then again, who cares who's talking? I'm worried for myself and for you. And I'll sign on the line beneath my name, the road is gone and I can't go back the way we came. 
If your marriage is sideways right now, turn the lights on, sit down and say, let's choose something different. I'm in if you are. And if somebody comes to you and says, hey, let's do something different, once again, say, I do. We'll see you soon.